We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Another playoff edition, Roto Grinders NFL Food for Thought podcast. What a season it is so far. A ton of fun. Thanks for sticking with us throughout the last couple of months. And if you're tuning in for the first time, this isn't your typical analytical podcast. I got the Chief Will Priester with me, and he'll let you know what kind of podcast this is, man. It ain't your mamas, I can tell you that. Your grandmas, your grandpas. Your sisters, your mothers, your cousins. It's got its own flavor. And uh, thank you guys for, for hanging out with us. And, uh, you know, throughout this season, it's it's been a been a good experience. And I know the end is near. I can tell you that um, as, as NFL uh, winds down. But, you know, once again, as I said last week, thank you guys for hanging in there with us. And uh, we, we appreciate the support for sure. Yeah. And we have one of our frequent guests uh, this season, Andre Alford, is joining us again. What's going on, Andre? Thanks for coming back. It's a pleasure to have you on here as we are watching a beatdown in L.A., Dre. Did you expect this one? I expected the Rams to come out and win. I didn't come. I expected it to be a beatdown like it is today, but I'm glad it's happening for my parlay. I'm going to cash out today with some makes a little bit of money, which is always good. And hopefully, you know, have hopefully we will get ready for next weekend. These teams, you know, have another good week of NFL football, which I thought it was actually a pretty good week this week, even though the format changed and it's a Monday Night Football game here tonight, which is fun to have. You know, they say it ain't over till it's over, but 
20 passing yards from Kyler Murray. It's almost halftime. What a brutal second half for the Cardinals and Kyler Murray and everybody involved in the organization. It's like the only bright spot for Arizona was James Conner this season. Man, we'll get to this game a little bit later in the podcast, but man, oh man, did we have some great super wild card football games, and we got a lot to break down here. I think we should throw it back all the way to Saturday. Las Vegas and Cincinnati, Chief Joey Bengals getting it done. Early game. They didn't. They didn't pull the kill shot. They let Vegas hang around, but they look good. Burrow with one of the most controversial plays of the season with the inadvertent whistle. And they took Jerome Boger off any future playoff games, by the way, him and his crew. Hey, good season for the Raiders. They dealt with a lot chief. And we talked about a lot of it on the show. They were right there within a score at the end. Couldn't get the road upset here. Bengals are moving on. Yeah. I mean, look, man, I, I, for the Bengals to be a young team, they needed to be at home. They got it done at home. This is what it takes when you have a young team, right? Like, I mean, if you look at their offense, Joe Mix is in, what, his third year? I think, yeah, third year. Let's go with third year. Third year, Joe Mixon. Second year, Joe Burrow. Second year, T. Higgins. Now, Tyler Boyd, is this his fourth year? This might be Tyler Boyd's fourth year. First Sixth. Year, sixth. Wow. Oh, yeah. He he had part of Andy Dalton. Yes, you're right. You're Time right. flies, man. But but hey, this this might as well be his second year because I'm, I'm just kidding. But so six for Boyd, which probably helps the wide receiver locker room, believe it or not, have a little. I mean, that's veteran leadership at six years in the NFL. That caught that one caught me off guard. Wow. Six years for Tyler Boyd. Um, man, if only they had uh, John Brown there, not John Brown. What's the other guy that was there with them? Um Guy played at Washington, I think. Um, God, I can't remember his name. Either way, he's not there anymore. Um, and then, of course, Jamar Chase. And then, uh, I mean, overall, though, that they've got a young team at the skill position area, a young head coach. This is what his second year there. And um, they're just trying to get it done. So, you know, my hat got, my hat goes off to Joey Bengals and uh, or Joey Bengal and what he was able to accomplish, but um, you know, it's 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 not stopping here. There's there's more work to be done. Uh, Bengals have to go into Tennessee and uh, take care of business if they if if they want to want to do a little something here. Hey Dre, you know it's been a fun ride for the Raiders. Something to build upon here. Derek Carr, is he the answer? Nobody knows. I Personally, I, I see like eight great plays from Derek Carr, then one or two with the Carson Wentz head scratcher. And I'm not comparing the two, but, um, you know, you feel for the guy. You know, he lost you know, Ruggs off the team, you know, how to develop chemistry with Hunter Renfro, you know, Darren Waller. They need one more guy on that, you know, on the outside, I think, to help Derek Carr out. Is it fair to give Derek Carr, you know, uh, an extended leash here and, you know, give him an entire offseason with a new system, whatever it is? I think it is, but the thing about this is how many he's been through how many coaches in his NFL career? I think that's a problem mainly. Like he needs to get to a system where he where he has a consistent system and a consistent coach. Nothing changing constant like it is always in the Raiders organization. I think that's the biggest problem and why he hasn't been as successful as I think he could have been. Because I don't think Derek Carr is a bad quarterback. 
he he has shown that he's not a bad quarterback and to play as decent as he has throughout all these uh, all the drama that they had pretty much this year and years in the past uh, him performing at a high level so constantly um i think i think he he deserves another chance but i don't know if he will I don't know if they're going to resign him or if the Raiders want to decide, hey, let's go in a new direction and start all over. Um, the rug situation, that was big. That was one of their top, what, that was one of their top um, um, picks that they spent money on, gone, and probably never will play in the NFL again. Sorry to hear about that with him, but you got to be smart with your choices, honestly, um, especially when you're living in Vegas and just in general. But um, I think that, I think he should get another chance, but I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm I'm excited. I'm a huge Joe Burrow fan. Probably one of my favorite quarterbacks in the league, if not my favorite um, young quarterbacks, especially him with Jamar Chase combo. That's only going to get better. And I, the sky's the limit for them. I wouldn't be surprised if they pulled the upset this week, honestly. It's going to be a great game. Looking forward to it. It's ironic because – the Raiders backup quarterback also had like four and a half systems in five years in Tennessee when they were going through all the upper management changes too. So they have two quarterbacks that have had probably a combined, I don't even know, seven or eight coordinators in their young careers. So you have to feel uh, for them there too. But uh, the pass rush was there for the Raiders. I think that was a big plus and a big improvement. Crosby and all them coming into their own a little bit. So looking forward to seeing what the Raiders do with a full off season. And, you know, the flip side, the Bengals, I mean, hey, they found a way and they got it done. Pretty big loss with uh, Larry Ogun, Ogun Joey, whatever. I can't say his last name. He's out this week. Uh, but Trey Hendrickson's questionable, too. Easier name there. Uh, so we'll see how the Bengals front, you know, uh, can can kind of heal up in, in a week. And uh, it should be interesting. Tennessee dealt with a ton of injuries and they'll be fully rested. But uh, a lot of weapons there. I think the cool storyline in that game is you have Joe Burrow and you have Jamar Chase, LSU. And on the flip side for Tennessee, you have Christian Fulton, who was a big part of that 2019 LSU uh, championship team, who squared up against Jamar and Joe for what? Year and a half, two years of practice every day. But not only that, this is crazy. And I'm ripping this off uh, uh, a Titans Twitter account. Uh, Justin M underscore NFL. There's seven players in that Titans Bengal game that were on the LSU 2019 championship team. So uh, that's pretty crazy. And it'll, it'll be a pretty fun game, but we'll get to, we'll get to the divisional round coming up. What can we say about the beatdown in Buffalo chief? Let's go there. I think what we can say is the bills came out to play. They took care of business. Um, and a lot of people will say, well, you know, they, they just, they've got more talent. Well, they do on the offensive end, you know, they're, um, they are a high powered offense and really that offense didn't perform its full potential in that game, believe it or not. I mean, Stefan Diggs didn't have some monstrosity of a game. Um, you know, basically Josh Allen just hit the open guys. They spread it around, you know, Mr. Knox came out and had a big game. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, the, if they're going to win this week, and I, and I know we're talking about what happened last week, but that was an easy win for them, right? It, it really was. They they were pretty much clicking on all cylinders from the beginning. Uh, I think I think what's really opened this offense up, believe it or not, is the emergence of Mr. Devin Singletary, right? When, when you can get Devin Singletary going in the running game, look at what this team has been able to – like just look at the past four or five weeks – 
with Devin Singletary being the guy, the lead back. And this is the guy that, you know, as I always talk about, if, if you watched him play at FAU at Florida Atlantic, this guy was a stud. So I was always really confused as to why they tried to go with this committee approach. I mean, I don't mind, you know, giving him 80 and, and, and Zach Moss 20. And Zach Moss was a stud in college in his own right. But he was not Devin Singletary. And look at look at the results of this offense. When Devin Singletary is 60, 70, 80 yards, look at this team. Look at the scores. I mean, they're running it up. And it's helping Josh Allen because teams now have to account for a robust running game. Let me tell you what this feels like this year to me. This feels like the Cam Newton MVP Panthers. Think about it when they had him and Jonathan Stewart and how that that running game got going. All of a sudden, Cam looks like the best quarterback in the world. That's what I see when I see this Bills team. You know, Cam had some weapons. Uh, 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 Josh Allen has some weapons. And those weapons are going to be on display uh, this weekend. Kansas City is going to be in a dogfight this week. I can tell you that. This this is not the Steelers coming to town. <laughs> this, this, this is not that. This is not the Raiders coming to town who they thrashed all season. The Bills are going to be bringing the funk when, when they come rolling up in there. And uh, I, I don't think it's going to be a disappointing affair like the, like the Cowboys 49ers from a scoring perspective. I do expect this game to have some fireworks. And um, this, is, this is going to be a fun one. And guess what? We get Bengals-Titans Saturday at 4.30. Then we're going to roll that thing to 6.30 on a Sunday. 6.30, not 8.30, 6.30 on a Sunday, we're going to get Bills at Chiefs on CBS. And I'm not sure if Tony Romo is going to be in the booth. I'm assuming he is. Uh, so we, we won't have any favoritism here. He will actually call this game with an unbiased viewpoint. I have to watch one more Troy Aikman game. I'm going to lose my mind. But uh, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck on Fox. Yeah, I like Joe Buck for baseball. But uh, I'm okay. I'll pass on on I'm more so Aikman than Joe. Um, the Devin Singletary thing. My thoughts are maybe finally he's playing with a little fire because they clearly weren't sold on him. He's getting RB one volume now. We're seeing 18 to 20 plus carries out of Devin Singletary, who was always viewed as a committee back. Zach Moss was injured early in the season. He came back, wasn't very effective, healthy scratch every other game. Clearly, they weren't happy with the results between him and Singletary because you bring in Matt Breida. Matt Breida was relevant uh, in real life and in fantasy for a couple of strange little weeks there. And it almost, he kind of had the reins on the backfield for a stretch of almost a month. And now Breida is getting healthy scratch. And Devlin Singletary coming back out of left field saying, all right, we trust you. Here are the keys to the city. And he looks good. He looks slippery out there. He's got a little juice. And, you know, he is the most complete. I would say the most complete receiving back in that offense. I know Breida could catch the ball a little bit, but there's a reason he bounced around from team to team to team in his uh, short career so far. Singletary is the back you want in that pass-heavy you know, offense. Mix it up a little bit with him. I hope Moss develops into the change of pace back because they do need kind of, uh, I guess, my titanism here. Like Lendell White, thump it out. Brandon Jacobs kind of, you know, like Mike Allstott-ish kind of thumper to kind of, you know, take take it away from Singletary a little bit in short yardage situations. So maybe you address that in the draft or something like that. But, yeah, big boost to that offense. And, Dre, talk to me about the Bills. Uh, and, I mean, we got to talk about the Pats a little bit and, and what exactly went wrong. Yeah, the Bills, man. 
I'm not going to lie. I, I did have the Patriots winning that game. I thought, you know, Bill Belichick was going to, you know, prep for them and like he always does. But I think maybe one more year with the, with um, the quarterback, with the, the rookie quarterback underneath his um, system, I think that will be great for him. And he'll have more rapport with the receivers. So I think next year is going to be the Patriots year. But this year, the Bills, they're playing pretty well. Their defense looked really good um, early. Um Singletary looks great running the ball. Looks just absolutely like 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 the like the guy they drafted um to be. Um the every a three down back. And like you said, Zach Moss, I think he he can be that change of pace back, but they just need to pretty much start using him, I think, like it more and just like start dumping off in the backfield. Um and they'll be fine. But I, I really like what they're doing over there. Um it's gonna be a great game too. It's a rematch, I think, of last year's uh AFC championship game, if I'm correct. Um, so it's going to be a really, really, really good game. Um, I still think the Chiefs are going to pull it out because that defense right now is just clicking on all cylinders. Like that defense has stepped up to the plate. Just like it's come it, to me, it's, it's the same thing. Like like um like with the Patriots. I mean, not the Patriots, but the, the Bucks did last year. Did this playoff time last couple of weeks start clicking, turning it up another level. So I think that's what we're seeing right now from the Kansas City Chiefs, and and this is the good thing about them that that I think makes what separates them makes them different from any other year um, and in years past. Um, that is the simple fact that Patrick Mahomes had to find different ways to win. Like it wasn't just the standard we blow these teams out. He had to find like literally different ways to win games. Like it wasn't. No, it wasn't a lot of impressive wins. It was a lot of like gritty, grind it out, trying to get it done. Let's make it happen. Let, let, let's just give the ball off and, and tough it out. Win by last second, field goal or whatever wins. So I kind of think that that's going to favor them more so in this matchup. Um, and I give the edge to them, especially with the home field advantage too. But it's going to be a good game overall, and I, I can't wait to see it go down on, on Sunday. Yeah, Chief, I'll I'll segue this over to you. Uh, we'll get into the Chiefs in, in a little bit. I, you know, But Dre just said Mahomes had to find other ways to win. I think that was a good point. And we're used to this 40 points a week. It's too easy, flashy type of play you know teams adjust the league is fast to adjust copycat league you play too deep shell you make Mahomes take what the defense gives him and he wasn't used to doing that through the first two to three years of his career because he had the the arm strength that you just can't believe when you see on tape and when you see it in real life you can't believe he makes the throws that he does it's almost to the fact where wow Kansas City is not putting up 40 a week so what's wrong with the Chiefs? But they're winning games just like the rest of the teams in the league that are gritting it out, like the Packers and, you know, Tennessee and all these teams. So maybe nothing's really wrong with the Chiefs. They were just playing at such an elite level that we've really never seen, you know, consistently for like a stretch of 30 games between seasons. They're clicking. The defense is up to the task, and, and that's going to be fun. Was there ever anything really wrong with the Chiefs, Chief? Looking back well, I- in review. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm not back. I'm not backing off of that. There were serious problems with the Chiefs. I don't care what anybody says. When you watch that team, here's what I saw. Patrick Mahomes was throwing interceptions, getting sacked, making bad reads. It was awful. Like, I don't care what anybody says. The Chiefs had major problems for at least a four week, three, four week stretch. You, nobody can tell me otherwise. But what they did was this. They 
instead of taking Tyreek and giving him eight targets and him catching, you know, all these all these passes 50 yards down the field, they started giving him more like 12 targets around the line of scrimmage and letting him create yards after the catch. Well, then what that did was we realized, okay, Travis Kelsey is not going to have 100 yards receiving every game, right? They're going to take him away. So what happened? You get Pringle 35 to 40 yards a game. You get um, uh, McCole Hardman, his 15 to 20 yards a game or a splash play. You get uh, the other tight end. Uh, what is his name? Did he get hurt yesterday? No, no, I, I can't remember. God, what is his name? You give him a catch for four or five yards. You give Tyreek all these passes, and he catches eight catches, eight eight passes. He catches. He has eight catches for eighty something yards and a touchdown or something. And and Kelsey's got five catches for forty yards or fifty yards or six. And so they reinvented this offense. And and here's something I talked about this early on the uh, on an NBA show, but it was really about as I thought about it in retrospect, I made more money on Patrick Mahomes over rushing yard props this season than probably any other prop for football. Well, well why is that? Patrick Mahomes had to start – when we say take what the defense gives them, if they're in man coverage and everybody turns their back and runs away, you just take the 10 or 15 yards they give you and slide or run out of bounds, right, or if something's off schedule. Don't try to throw across your body just because you can. Take the eight to 10 yard rush, get out of bounds and live to see another day. Right. So that's what I'm saying in terms of, uh, you know, how I think the Chiefs kind of changed this offense. Uh, You know, like you said, they found they got a little bit more creative with Patrick Mahomes and his total development as a quarterback, not just his, his Superman cape. Right. They made him take that off and said, hey you're not going to be Superman. You're going to be Batman now, right? You're going to be a real man that, 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 uh, that is a superhero for the people, not somebody from outer space that had, that has this, this, this kryptonite that can, that can, uh, that can take you down. And I'm paraphrasing, but bottom line is right. They turn him into a real boy. Like Pinocchio. First, anyway. first, first of all, what a slap in the face to the, uh, the Batman diehards tuning into the show saying that he's not a real man. Secondly, no, 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 that's not what I said. Don't misconstrue. Listen, for all of you Batman fans, and I, I do like the Dark Knight, do oh not God. let Luch sway you. Hopefully you heard what I said. <laughs> Superman, didn't know we were going to go down this rabbit hole. Superman is a superhero, right, that has powers. Like, you know, his his he can blow and turn things and freeze things. He's got this superhuman strength. He's got laser eyes. He's got all of this stuff, right? Batman is a superhero that's a real person. He puts on the cape and he's got gadgets and things that help him fight crime. Superman is the crime fighting machine because of what he's equipped with internally. Here's what I meant. The Chiefs were relying on Superman to bail them out when what they really needed was someone from Gotham City, like the Dark Knight, right? To just come out of the show. Anyway, you guys know what I'm saying. Back 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 to our regularly scheduled programs. Are we oh Dre, are you a Batman guy? Did I did I see you I take that a to her? Huge Batman fan. Like my car is called the Batmobile. Batmobile <laughs> So Dre, you know what I'm saying though, right? You you, you get the parallel here. It, this is not a knock on Batman. This is actually a boost up for Batman saying, look, this guy turned himself into a superhero, right? He put in the work, the grind. 
You know what I'm saying? He grinded it out so they could flash this bat light so he could come to their rescue. Superman just shows up and is ready to go. And, and no training, nothing. He he just he's just they just let him ride. They knew adversity except for kryptonite. So you're right. You got a point there. Great. How fast does the Batmobile really go? Oh, what can you get it up to in the BQE? <laughs> Ooh, I've got, honestly, the fast I've gone is like 125. <laughs> Close your ears, kids. <laughs> Drive safe. Do the speed limit. We got to we got to watch. We got to watch our uh, superhero critiques here. Our guy TJ Zwarich uh, does some uh, fandom podcasts over there. I, I see him tweeting a lot. Uh, great work at Rota Grinders, TJ, by the way. So um, he does some cool Marvel stuff. I see him tweeting about all the time. Um, this is me and my like Shannon Sharp, Skip Bayless take here. Great argument, Chief, by the way. Well, not argument, but uh, theory and reasoning. But it, it basically sounded like the Chiefs had a Patrick Mahomes problem and the Chiefs didn't have a Chiefs problem. It, it sounded like a lot of. of no, Mahomes, no, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Switch capes, like you were saying, you know? And Patrick Mahomes was the Chiefs' problem. I hate, here we go. The best no, no. problem to have. Here's what I mean. They were trying to use Patrick Mahomes to cover up all their problems, right? By allowing him to bail them out on offense when they had offensive line problems, defensive line problems, and essentially probably an offensive scheme problem because teams were now taking away their what was their strength, right? Listen, cover two probably is their kryptonite, and essentially, two deep coverage was their kryptonite. And for three or four weeks, you saw that. You said, wow, this, this is weird. But once they realized, okay, wait, let's take a step back, take what they give us, go from there. Suddenly, this team's humming on all cylinders after, let's say, maybe three or four weeks after that, right? Because remember, I, I, I was on the record saying this team will not make the playoffs, if they play like this because they were bad. And as soon as I opened my mouth and said that, they quit losing. It, it has nothing to do with me. It's got everything to do with them fixing it. But honestly, to be fair, like, like not, not, not trying to be fair, but I, well, be fair, but like, one thing I did see from Patrick Mahomes, like he did say this in an interview one time, that he really did not never knew how to like read like defenses replay like he never really learned that like I'm like this guy is that raw of a talent to not know how to read defenses like that so maybe he was still learning and has a learning curve the teams probably did not play a lot of cover two until this year which again some of them probably weren't like a lot of man a lot of zone like cover three and different things like that um so you so he wasn't used to seeing that two deep the two deep safeties back there so that could be another thing too but then that's also a developmental thing with him and he probably got over it and got a little bit better, but it's all it's all coaching, I think, too, when it comes down to it. And he still has the ceiling to go, especially if he's won a championship and didn't even know how to read defenses that well. Let me ask you this: How long before Antonio Brown is a Kansas City Chief? Oh my gosh! Next year. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing, but. If Antonio Brown, if anything comes out that he's going to any type of mental health facility and is figuring it out, he will have a job. Uh, and he, listen, he's done some crazy things in this world, but he's still an amazing talent. We need to hear more out of that situation. I, I'm not, I'm not ready to like put the jury out yet, man. I, I'm, I'm invested. I need some HBO special. Like, I, I, I need to hear more. But you're right. He's choking up on the bat because. 
You played with Tom Brady twice. You already had a pit stop in New England, which didn't last very long. Who else is willing to roll the dice in the football? There's only one coach. It's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. And, hey, that's it. kudos to him. And Josh Gordon has has stayed on the roster, hasn't really been involved. And, you know, Byron Pringle's playing well and Hardman, like you alluded to. But good stuff, like not hearing any negative things out of the Gordon camp. So, you're can, can I say one more thing about Patrick Mahomes though before we switch gears completely? You can say anything you want, except anything about Batman or Dre's gonna leave. <laughs> so check this out. Cause I think it's important something that Dre said about it. Cause I, cause I did see that interview where Patrick Mahomes is like, look, you know, I, I didn't know how to read defenses. You got to figure it out. And here's the deal. Talent is a big thing in this league. If Patrick Mahomes is any other quarterback, they've already drafted another quarterback. Do you get what I'm saying? Like there have been some smart quarterbacks in this league that have, that just don't have the talent and they've been replaced. And so what we have to understand is talent. I don't care what anybody says talent, especially arm talent, like pure arm talent, the quarterback position is why guys keep their jobs a la Matthew Stafford. Why do you think the Rams went out and got Matthew Stafford? It's because he's got tremendous arm talent, right? Does Jared Goff have tremendous arm talent? Uh, He's got some, but he's not Matthew Stafford. And so doesn't matter how smart we think Goff is or, or isn't, talent is the number one key in, in, in pretty much any sport, right? And teams can tolerate, tolerate you if you've got a good attitude with talent because you can get, you can get the knowledge up here. And so my hat does go off to, uh, to Patrick Mahomes as he's been able to, you know, continuously uh, figure it out day by day, step by step, day by day. Shout out to Bob Saget. Uh, rest in peace, my man. Um, yeah, I'm going to close it out there going to be one hell of a, of a divisional round weekend guys um we didn't even get to sunday's game yet and we just had a field day and it was awesome so for time purposes let's go on to sunday unless do we want to give any final words on closing the door on the Patriots season uh, mac jones gave you most of what you would want to the glimpses of a high ceiling in new england doesn't have a ton of weapons. Jonu Smith didn't run a lot of routes. Hunter Henry was often off the field as he typically is. Like he's got Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nelson Aguilar. Tom Brady left town for a reason with that cast. Get Mac Jones a receiver, and I'm interested. Dre, what are your thoughts on the Patriots? Uh, I kind of disagree. I think he had a lot of weapons. Like Jonu Smith, would they have Smith at the at the tight end position? And then Hunter Henry, like you mentioned, those are two good tight ends first of all to begin with. I don't know why they didn't use them enough. Jacoby Myers is a young, talented receiver up and coming. I think he'll be he'll get better and better. He's a dog. I like him a lot. Um, Nelson Aguilar, he had that one he had good good last year in um in um in um in Oakland. I mean, well, it was Oakland actually last year, or no, it was Vegas last year. But he had a good year there, so I think he he's a decent slot receiver, like probably the third option I would feel, um, as far as the receiver wise. So maybe they need to bring in like a number two, 
But I, I like their offense, and they got a great running game. They they have two good running backs, like maybe even three. But but they 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 they, they I think they're set. I think they just need more continuity together. They they got they got rid of um some I think good guys on defense, but obviously Belichick knows what he's doing because he has young guys on defense that are playing at a that's playing at a good level. Um, I think that like I said, with another year underneath their belt, they're going to be extremely good. Like like. If Tom Brady's back next year, I would not be surprised if it's the Bucks, especially if he's playing at this high level. Unless my Saints make a move and get like Russell Wilson or something, because uh, we're gonna have Michael Thomas back, so y'all better watch out, NFL, watch out. But um, I think that they can honestly make a run at it, and I wouldn't be surprised if there's Tampa Bay versus the um, uh, Patriots in the Super Bowl next year. Chief. Patriots season before we get to Sunday? Um, I think what I would say about the Patriots season is I feel like for a rookie quarterback, I mean that, that was about as good as it's gonna get, right? I mean, I don't I I don't I don't feel like the Patriots had a failure of a season. The guys had a rookie quarterback. Rookie. As good as it's gonna get for him, because remember Justin Herbert had did have a great year. No, no, but I mean, I'm saying, yeah, for their team. Yeah, that, that's about as good as it's going to get for their team. I mean, I, I think it was fine. Um, I feel like the running game is solid. They got enough running backs. Um, at some point, you know, I think what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to go out and get a true number one receiver. And, and I'm not, so, so, I don't feel like they have a bad um, receiving core, but we've got to get somebody on this offense that a team fears, right? That they're going to have to roll some coverage to every now and again. They don't have to roll coverage for Kendrick Bourne. They don't have to roll coverage for Nelson Aguilar. They, they don't have to roll coverage for Nikhil Harry. They, they don't have to roll coverage for uh, – God, what, what's the guy that has all the targets? Jesus, I always forget his name. Jacoby Myers. Yeah, they, they don't have to roll coverage for, for Jacoby Myers. So so that's what I'm saying. At some point, at some point, the Patriots have to go out and get a new Randy Moss. Like, they can't keep traveling down the economy-wide receiver path. It's, it's only going to lead to meager, meager winning, winning percentages. Like, to me, their running game is fine. Like, it, as long as Harris stays healthy and um, – God, uh, Stevenson stays up. Like, don't go out and get another running back. You've got that already. They've got the tight ends. If John Lou Smith and and, um, and and Hunter Henry can really get rolling, I think they're good. They've got, I'm telling you, they've got to get a number one receiver, uh, if, if, especially if they want to go deep in the playoffs, right? Um, well, if they want to win that division in pace with the Bills. Matt Jones is not Tom Brady yet. I, I see flashes of Tom Brady. He's going to be the next. I, 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 I see flashes of it. And I'm not saying he's going to win championships like Tom Brady. I'm saying I see flashes of the mentality is what I'm saying. The, the winning mentality. I'm telling you right now, Matt Jones has the winning mentality, right? And, and, and so at some point, at some point, the Patriots are going to be in the thick of things with, the, with with this division. I'm not talking about, like, they were in the thick of things this year. I'm saying at some point, 
next year, the year after that, they're going to come out on fire, like 5-0, and 6-0. They're going to beat the Bills. They're going to beat all these teams. It's going to be like, whoa, well, wait a minute. What's going on here? You get what I'm saying? So, so I, I was impressed with what the Patriots were able to accomplish with a rookie quarterback. They managed the Cam Newton exit hush-hush really well. You know, Cam had his feelings about it, but it wasn't a big uproar once Cam was gone, right? wasn't a whole lot of media stuff. And they pushed the season forward, had to win a tough game in Buffalo with the wind and the rain, and they just kept pounding the ball. Like, that's all coaching. And that's what you're going to get in New England, right? You're going to get good coaching. Now let's go out. They need one number one receiver. And I'm telling you who I think it needs to be. Hold on, hold on. Uh, You guys can't see the pod. Dre is smiling. Dre. Who do you think needs to be the number one receiver on this team? I thought you were gonna say Chris Godwin. No, 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 not 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 Chris. I've got a hunch here. This is a hunch. This is purely a hunch. Russell Wilson is leaving the Seattle Seahawks. Oh no. I, I think DK Metcalf is out of town. That's what I was about to say. Oh my gosh. If they, I'm telling you right, if they got DK, because DK is a hard worker. He's not going to be a guy that's going to sit there and cry and complain. He's going to work. Put DK Metcalf in that offense with these other guys around Mac Jones and watch what happens. Big physical can block. Exactly. That's a Bill Belichick special. Imagine him in this offense. It'd be insane. Who's, who's, so now, so look, you add, and this is all speculation, folks. But you add DK Metcalf to this offense. That's it. Kend- Kendrick Bourne, uh, Jacoby Mike, these guys would look like studs. Agree. You- and I I'm with you, Andre. I they're talented receivers, but I think they need a one, two, a, a number one receiver as well. And I think like this is what they did. The tight end market, you pay to get the premium tight ends at the position. Everybody said, wow, they threw a lot of money at Hunter Henry and John M. Smith, even though they didn't run a ton of routes. I don't know why. Maybe that'll change. But he's a great blocker. John M. Smith's a great blocker. I can tell you that. So it makes sense. All these receivers they have are very cheap. There's flexibility. Not all of them are going to be there for the next two years. But they basically got him, I don't want to say for free, but if you look at the contract of Jacoby Myers, he's a, rest- a restricted free agent this year. We'll see what happens. So not a lot of money there. Nelson Aguilar is signed through 2022, uh, you know, not owed a ton of money. And Kendrick Bourne was a three-year, like, $15 million deal or something like that. So you'll have some money coming off the books. You'll have some flexibility. You're not going to get a crazy cap hit if you want to part ways with one of them. They're very tradable. They're very tradable. Maybe they end up in Seattle. I don't wherever. So I think – it makes sense, and they forecasted for the future correctly to to maybe keep you know one of these guys, Dre, who who definitely are talented. But I think you're both right. Like maybe one of their better service as a two and a three. You bring in an alpha, uh, and that's I mean that thing's ready to hum. I mean Damian Harris is great, and and Stevenson will probably you know maybe take two thirds of the carries next year. I, it's going to be fun in Foxborough for Pats fans. Not not going to be a uh, a big gap there in terms of success. So yeah, Nikhil Harris, the odd man out. Yeah. I would not get rid of Jacoby or Kendrick Bourne. Yeah, I like. I, it, I think Nikhil's a good receiver too. But yeah, yeah, me too. But he, I think he needs to be out of New England. Yeah, he needs a new system. I think fresh start, prove it deal. Go to Detroit, see what you got. Something like that. 
that you send them to the worst place, man. <laughs> where, where all athletes go to die, Detroit Lions. Like, tell that, oh tell, tell that to St. Brown. Tell, um, I saw some. No. Same, I tell. I saw some St. Brown slander on the timeline this week, and I couldn't understand it. I think I feel so it. bad for St. Brown. Amon, Amon, Ra, my, my, listen, man. I pray you want him to you, request brother. a trade already. No, all you can. No, but here, here's what I see. And here's my argument. If arguably one of the most talented running backs of all time retires just so he doesn't have to play for the Detroit Lions, what does that say about the Detroit Lions? Like, he didn't even want to get traded. He just didn't want to play football anymore. SOL, same old Lions. Fast forward a few more years, one, one, arguably – one of the most talented receivers of all time, Calvin Johnson, Megatron. That requests a trade. He says, I, just, I can't do this. Everybody's just throwing their hands up, walking out the door. They're like, I, I can't do this. I, I, I can't do this. I got to get out of here. They don't want, they don't want to, they just don't want to play football after playing in Detroit. Matt Stafford, for whatever reason, I think he was on his way to retirement. He said, Look, if you don't get me out of here, I'm retired. He threw his hands up. I'm out of here. They said, whoa, 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 whoa. We just paid you all this money. We'll find you somewhere to go. I'm exaggerating on the Matt Stafford thing. But my point is this. How many athletes have we seen go to Detroit and just check out? I mean, just check out. Like, man. Andre, it takes a bold guy to change a culture. And I got to ask you what your thoughts are on Dan Campbell. And he had quite the bold introductory press conference to begin his tenure where he was clearly a football guy, but I feel like he's slowly winning over. He's, he got respect of the league this year. He's winning over the hearts of the fans. I mean, Detroit played hard and really well towards the end of the year. What do you think of Dan Campbell? Is he the guy to turn this thing around in Detroit? I mean, he can. I think I think the issue, honestly, with Detroit, they have the talent. It just might be Jerry Goff. Like he's a good quarterback. He was great when he was with um uh, the Rams when when um McVeigh got there. But before that, he wasn't. Campbell got him playing pretty decent. So maybe maybe he learned something with McVeigh, McVeigh and carried it over. But is he there? But they, I think Dan Campbell's going to use this next year to figure out is he the guy going forward or is he not. There isn't that many strong – I don't think there's that many strong quarterbacks coming out this draft upcoming that we have. So I think they're going to definitely use this year to just say, hey, let's see how he plays next year. Also fully healthy because one thing I can say, salute to Detroit. They do – they play hard. They play They play with everything they got. They play with so much heart. Like, And that's coaching for sure. And it's definitely coaching. Like they, they did not give up on any single game. They could have literally been the worst team ever. So they could have been the first team to go 0-17, but they didn't. They didn't fight. They, they, they fought. They got a tie. Then they got a couple wins. And they and they almost beat the Packers at the end of the at the end um of the um of the of the um season that um two. So I think it is a definitely a culture change that there that they definitely have had. It was definitely needed from Matt Patricia, because Patricia I, I feel like <clears throat> this is the one thing I was watching actually an interview recently. And they were talking about it was uh, with a lot of foreign football players. They were talking about how a lot of these coaches that come from the Bill Belichick system try to implement what Bill Belichick does, but then put their own twist on it. But it doesn't work. 
I feel like a lot of these coaches have probably done that, that, that have come from him and it doesn't work. It, it fails. Create your own culture, create your own system. I understand you want to take from a great guy who, who won all these championships, but take little pieces of it, but bring what you want to the table, bring your personality. Don't try to be someone you're not. Cause I think that's what also doesn't help in the end too. Cause as you saw, Matt Patricia kind of mm-hmm. lost that locker room towards the end. Yeah. I knew that's who, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's what I will say. Here, here, here's what else I will say. In, in today's league, hear me out, man. I, and, and I mean this. This isn't a knock on players. They're a little bit more sensitive. They're a little bit more in touch with their feelings. And here, here's what I mean by that. The reason that Greg Popovich was so successful for an extended period of time is, and he, he'll tell everybody, I was able to hold Tim Duncan accountable. And so when he could get on Tim Duncan's butt in practice, nobody else was exempt from being held accountable on that team because they knew he was the guy, right? And Tim Duncan led by example. He wasn't a screamer. To, you know, and when I say screamer, I'm saying you weren't going to catch him like arguing. Like I'm sure in practice, look, I've been in practice. I was a fairly, I don't want to say quiet player, but I led by example when I played, right? So I know what I know how Tim Duncan was. When he, I'm sure when Tim was in practice, he's like, hey, man, look, let's get it together. I don't have time to play. We got to win games. Let's go. And that's all he had to say. It's like, okay, this is our best player. He's getting held accountable. We're getting held accountable by him. We're going to win, right? And so I think from a Bill Belichick perspective, like if you, if you hear people talk about Bill Belichick, he's just no nonsense. But he cares about the players. He cares about their families. He wants to know what's going on with them, right? You know, it, it's stuff like that. And so, you know, if, if you're going to be in the Patriots organization, then there's, there's, there's this certain level of accountability. But here's the difference. Bill Belichick has earned that by, by, by winning. He didn't, he didn't just show up one day and all of a sudden – Everybody was just like, yeah, Bill, let's just do it. No, no, He earned that by winning championship after championship after t- – and so when people walk in that door, what do they call it? The Patriot way. You don't get to create a whole new cookie cutter for the cookie cutter system that he has. You either show up and do what we're trying to accomplish or guess what? Don't worry. We'll still pay you and we'll send you out of the door, right? And so what I think Matt Patricia tried to do was create that same culture but you got to win first. You got to earn that, right? And I, I tell all my all my basketball players, uh, I, I, I tell my son, I say, look, respect is earned. You don't just get respect, right? You know, my son was playing JV basketball this year. He's pretty good. I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give that to him for sure. He's actually a really talented player, but he wants to be a leader. You know, he wants to be the guy. I say, you know, it doesn't work like that, son. You don't just show up and you're the guy. You earn the, you earn the right to be the guy. You work hard to be the guy. The coach's got to trust you to be the guy. They don't just hand you the keys to their, to their program. You got to earn it. And I think Matt Patricia was trying to wrestle in the fact that he got cut from the cloth of Bill Belichick and didn't earn the respect. So the locker room, he never actually ever had the locker room. But people wanted to show up on Friday and collect that check. Mm-hmm. It's a rare culture when you're dealing with in the preseason 90 stars at like you you get on a, a you know a, a, you're going to camp and you're one of 80 or 90 like you are in the top 0.5 percent of athletes in the world even these practice squad guys and these guys that bounce around from team to team you know people say oh they stink or you see memes on twitter 
you know, and, and this is no no slight to to him in a different sport here, but it, the talent gap when you get to this level in any major sport. I mean, you see memes about like Brian Scalabrini or whatever. That guy was a baller, you know, in the NBA. Even the worst NFL. I mean, listen, uh, Peterman, Nate, you know, he balled. I mean, look, look at his success leading up to the pros. Maybe he didn't cut it as a pro, but Nate Peterman was a baller. And people, you know, the, the talent gap is so small. And you got to manage all these personalities. And clearly, if you're taking over a disgruntled organization and culture and a bunch of dudes who just don't aren't bought in already, like it's odds are it's going to be a negative response from them. I will say this. It worked differently for Mike Vrabel. And uh, we can talk about upcoming, you know, shortly. Let's talk about these Sunday games here. We said Patrick Mahomes switched capes. He had no problem with Pittsburgh after that TJ Watt scoop and score. It was pretty much it. I mean, what what do you want to say about the Chiefs uh, and Pittsburgh? Not much, man. It was it was just it was an ugly game. Um, I, I just felt like Pittsburgh should have never even been in that game. Like eh, they weren't the be- they were not better than the Chargers or the Raiders. It was just a it was really even though the Chiefs put up big points and it was splash plays, it was just an ugly game, man. Like they 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 weren't a better team. Ben should have rolled out on glory in his last game at Pittsburgh and just let that bit in. They should have just let, you know, uh, uh, Hopkins, not, not Hop, Dwayne Haskins play the last game. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, gosh, man, I, you know, and I know you, these guys have egos, but I felt like they honored Ben enough, right? They gave him an extension on his contract when he should have, shouldn't even have been there. Right. They gave him the Kobe treatment. And so your last game at Hines should be your last game, period. Just period. But once again, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. Dre, thoughts on the Chiefs and Steelers? I'm not going to lie. At first, I thought it was going to be really interesting when the game was like 0-0, then 7-0, Steelers were up, and I thought that defense was going to hum all night long. But then KC just started kicking in and, like it's like I said, they they find they they've been doing this all year long, finding ways to win in different and many kind of ways. So I, I felt like it wasn't right for Ben to go out like that. But I, I kind of I think low key they they kind of wished that they, that that game ended in a tie last week so they weren't in the playoffs. I really do think they do because I, I Ben Ben even kind of said it in his interview like he said you know we probably are the worst team out of fourteen teams to get here. But we're gonna just go out there and play, and and I respect that. He he knew he probably didn't have. He knew, and they all knew they didn't have a shot. But they gave it their best foot forward. And hey, salute him on a good career. Um, I think it's probably a year or two too late where he should have retired sooner. But I think now Pittsburgh just needs to figure out what they're gonna do from there going forward, yeah, yeah. Which, I'm, which I'm interested in seeing. I think they have a lot of talent. They need an offensive line because I thought they were gonna really win the division this year. But that old line just fell apart on them because their defense is elite, and they need to take advantage of that while they can, especially with a defensive player in TJ Watt that they have, who's who's fantastic. Um, but I think that, um, yeah, it, it it wasn't impressive. It was it wasn't an impressive win because it's kind of a win we expected to have happen. Yeah, and you know, 
Pittsburgh definitely left some plays out there. Deontay with a couple of terrible drops and, you know, you sustain a drive here or there. Maybe they score another touchdown, even if they scored two more. I mean, you know, then in the game's a little more, uh, a little more competitive, but it kind of played out, I guess, how uh, the public in Vegas kind of expected it to. And after a little bit of a rocky start, slow start for the Chiefs. Don't know if you can start that slow against Buffalo or Cincinnati or Tennessee. So uh, it's going to be a, a really good divisional round. Uh, great career for Roethlisberger, you know, a guy who, uh, you know, the three of us, we're in our 30s. And Chief, I think, are you are you hitting 40 yet, buddy? Are you? No, I'm 35, man. Okay. All right. So you're not, you're not at the Brady threshold yet. By the way, the fact that Brady is <laughs> mid-40s, and some days I get out of bed and I'm like, man, my back hurts. Like, what he does is just. It's just unbelievable, and uh, we uh, we'll, we'll get to that momentarily. But good career for Ben, awesome, you know, legend going to Canton, no doubt about it. Tell you what, fellas, if Pittsburgh doesn't make that splash for one of these quarterbacks somehow and make it work financially, whether it's a trade for Russ or, or Aaron Rodgers likes Pittsburgh or even getting Kirk Cousins, Dre, you said the quarterback class is uh, it's a little sketchy. It, they're gonna have to figure something out. Sorry, shaking your head, Chief. What what can Pittsburgh do? Like, who can they bring in? What can they do? Bro, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. Pittsburgh, in my opinion, they're a quarterback away from competing. I mean that. Najee's is good. The receiving core, Claypool, these, these guys are fine. They are one quarterback away from, from, doing, from seriously competing. I, I, I genuinely believe that. Sounds like the Browns. Whoops. But no whoops. That's it's, the truth is the truth. Oops. There it is. Yeah. Uh, the, the truth is the truth, man. Let's go on to that old man, Tom Brady, who, uh, Dre, that little vi- his little videos he posts. And then he dropped the Meek Mill in at the end there. What a, what a little, uh, subtle jab there to the birds. Oh, yeah. That was very, very, very subtle, but poetic. It's classic Tom Brady. Like, just go win, fellas, and then just ride on with the hold on, wait a minute. Like, gosh, like, you got to love that man, Tom Brady, for doing that. But he, he he's an ultimate competitor. He loves to win. He's not even worried about chasing no one in the NFL. He's, like, on chasing guys like Michael Jordan, um, Serena Williams, guys who have a guy, women and fellas that have a lot of uh, championships and uh, on a different level of pedigree and greatness. So, um, he just he's just unbelievable. I think he'll be doing this for another couple of years. I can see him going in his fifty. Tell you the truth, with if he's only still playing like this, um, I'm not surprised at his performance. I think he honestly should be the MVP this year. Um, and I know I said Cooper Cup last time I was on the show, but Cooper Cup didn't get the record, so you got to go with that man, Tom Brady. Um, but I think it's really impressive what he's doing. Yeah. I mean, this this wasn't a game. This was not a ball game, Chief. Not a ball game. Nope. It was not. Why? <laughs> just wasn't. <laughs> Look. I'm going to keep it this simple. One team really sucked, and the other team didn't suck. <laughs> it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's it's as simple as that. I mean, 
How, how many teams did the Philadelphia Eagles play with a winning record this season before that game? All right, I, I was trying. I was trying to to let it go. I was going to try not to 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 say too much. I can't let it go on this podcast. <laughs> but look, I, I I do not blame the Philadelphia football team for this. Philadelphia football team sounds almost like Washington football team. The the PFT, the WFT. WTF after that game by the PFT, man. Listen, when you watch that game, what I saw, and, and I, I really mean this, you know, Jalen Hurts, obviously, he's, he's got to get better. He'll, he'll be better next year. I, th- I really believe that. I think he'll be better. He'll have more time in the lab to, you know, uh, make better reads and, and do everything he needs to do. But here's what cost Philly that game. It was a lot of weird stuff, right? And to me, that's coaching. And, and, and because I coach, I understand that you have to talk players through things certain times. Like, I'll give you guys an example. I, th- I think the best game I've ever coached in my life was uh, a game where we were down by and, – and remember, this is JV with six-minute quarters, okay? We're down 15, 20 points in the third quarter. Call a timeout, bring the girls in. I say, look, do you guys want to win this game? Yeah, coach, we want to win. I said, look, here's what I need you to do. This team cannot. I said, and I said, and I'm meaning literally, this isn't figurative. I said, this team cannot score any more points. I said, this is all we have to do. Get a stop, take good shots, but they cannot score any points. Clean up the mistake. You see, you talk your players through it, right? And it's basically what you're trying to do. Is calm them down and then get them ready to get just get them ready to go again. Here's what I saw in that game there's no way the coach gave them anything that they could latch on to because what I saw was Jalen Rager consistently go and muff punts. Somebody, nobody, somebody didn't, didn't give this man the right speech, right? Jalen, listen, man. I know this is a big game, but hey, we're, we're behind you 100%. This is no different than what you've done in college. This is no different than what we've done all season. We're depending on you to get this right. And guess what? If you can't get the yardage, Jalen, it's no problem. Step out of the way and just let the ball roll. We'll take care of it on the back end. Go get us a play on offense. I don't know what happened on that sideline, but there was just – mishap after mishap after miscue and and guess what and Tom Brady the defense played fine had sacks and everything early in the first half but Tom Brady the snowball effect it just started piling up mistake 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 and Tom made them pay so I'm not saying the coach is a bad coach that's not what I'm saying I'm saying I think we could have delivered a different message to the football team to get them to play better in that moment. All right. Dre, Eagles, who, like, they I don't know. It's hard to follow up that, Chief. I, I don't know what to say with, with the Eagles besides they weren't even supposed to be there. They shouldn't have ever been there. They got, they, but just credit to coaching. Nothing we said. Coaching changes everything. So um, they got there. I think they now just need to use the draft to their advantage, use the offseason to get better. Um, I think they'll be a decent football team next year. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know what's who's what's happening in that in the NFC. It's just it's just the almost unexpected division besides this year, um, ever. So like I I don't know what to expect from them. Hopefully they'll be good next year. I think they'll be competitive, but because they they I don't think they're really sold on on Hurts, and that's the problem. Like they should be. Like he he's proven it enough, but. Management never really wanted him there. They, but he played so well. He played Carson Wentz out of town, which was a good decision. But I just don't. I, I don't know. I, I just. I think they need to just decide if they're going to keep him or not. I think he's a. I think he's a franchise quarterback. Um, I think they just need to continue to build on what they have, and they'll be fine. Um, they have a nice, solid young defense, um, a young core. I like the receiving core that they got. Um, probably just need one more wide receiver. I would like to probably maybe a, um, a couple of pieces on the offensive line and a durable running back. <laughs> I think that's what they need, just a durable running back. Um, Miles Sanders is just, I don't think he's, I don't think he's an every down back, but um, that's up to everyone else to decide. But that's my decision, my, my say on it. Availability is big in this league. And, and so far, he just hasn't been available much. So totally understand that. Uh, we'll catch you later, Birds. Tampa Bay is moving on. And uh, we got to get to the good one. Got to get to the good one. Dallas at home falls to San Fran. Last week on the pod, Chief, you, myself, and Jay Rube all said, hey, San Fran is very live. And Jimmy Garoppolo did everything he could to hand that game to Jerry's world there. And Dallas could not capitalize. Dak Prescott. Couldn't come up in the clutch. Inept coaching of approving a quarterback draw with no timeout. The whole sequence. But you know what? It shouldn't have came down to that sequence because you know what they say? You play better for the other 59 and a half minutes. You make a couple plays that you should. and Maybe you wouldn't be in that situation. Kudos to the Niners for the very fast start. They play the run good on, de- on defense. You hate to see Fred Warner go down, by the way. That... That sucks. That boy can play football. He's so good. Hope he's all right. The Niners got it done. Eli Mitchell. Dallas couldn't stop a nosebleed. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. What'd you see, Chief? Man, I feel like this is just a whole coaching episode. And look, you know, Kyle Shanahan, here's what you can't do. You can't out-coach penalties. Not, Not during the game. That's something that's got to get taken care of off the field, right? I'm going to go back to my, my simplified coaching. I was um, talking to my, my son the other day, and he was talking about the, the JV girls basketball team. And I said, well, I said, the reason why they're so bad, I said, I can almost tell you what's going on in practice right now. I said, because when I watch this team, they don't have winning habits, right? So a team can lose. Hear me out. A team can lose but you can still see whether or not a team is well coached, right? They can still have winning habits. Well, you know, in girls basketball, one of the first things I like to know is, you know, when I'm coaching is who's just going to reach down and pick the ball up when it's coming off the rim, right? Because, Because a lot of times when it's early in the season, players have a tendency to see the ball hit the rim and then watch it roll somewhere or the, or the ball gets knocked out and we just watch it go by. Right. We don't, our brains don't say reach down and grab it 
and pick it up and then make a decision. The ball's rolling and we try to pat it and dribble and do all these other, th- those are bad habits, right? That's not a winning culture. That, that doesn't create winning habits, right? But if, you, but if you have enough practices and you say, hey, the ball comes off the rim, we need to box out and grab the ball. If the ball gets knocked out of somebody's hands, we need to reach down and pick up the ball before we make a decision. Don't, don't try to just catch it and throw it somewhere. Don't, you, you know what I'm saying? You, you give them the tools that they need to be successful, right? That creates winning habits. And then you have building blocks, okay? Well, oftentimes in, in any sport, or I'm going to use girls basketball because I coach, they'll miss a layup and then they stop and put their head down. Well, the next thing, the next building block is, look, if you miss a layup, I don't care right now. I need you to turn around and get back on defense. Don't worry about missing the shot, right? And so that's a little different because what do we hear coaches tell them all the time? You got to make your layups. You got to make your layups. Well, not at the expense of letting the other team score easy buckets. Why am I bringing this up? Why am I saying this? Because winning habits have to get created so that you can actually win the games that you have to go out and play. Here's the moral of this story. The Dallas Cowboys don't have a winning culture in that in that building. Why? Because they're the most penalized team in football, and it comes out to haunt them in all the big games, none bigger than Sunday against the 49ers. CeeDee Lamb, 32-yard completion. Oh, holding penalty, right? Get a stop on third and fourth down for the guy to not get a first down. You look behind him, and the guy's throwing the guy down like it's, like it's WWE SummerSlam, right? Uh Offside penalties, holding penalties, uh, infractions, all these things added up to the Cowboys losing this game, and they should have lost because they're the most undisciplined team in football. That's why they lost the game, and that's on coaching. You a Mike McCarthy guy, Dre? No. Are you a Kellen Moore guy? No. (laughs) I don't think I am either. I mean, I'm more of a Kellen Moore guy than a McCarthy guy. I said it before, and I think I've said it on podcasts, that Aaron Rodgers bailed out Mike McCarthy, and now he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers. I think Aaron – this is going to be an unpopular take, but I think Aaron Rodgers is bailing out um, Matt LaFleur as a coach too. That's just my personal opinion. Definitely too many miscues. Yeah, I I, I think so too. Like, And that's – like like you said, turn to a coaching podcast – I think that's that's what the playoffs is all about. It's not it's not about you can be the most talented team in the world, but it's come down to coaching and preparation. The one thing that stood out to me that McCarthy said that I didn't like, and I which honestly, if I'm a if I'm like a, if I'm an owner, I would have fired him the next day. He said, "Oh, we practice that play on on, on a two minute drill." So you practice running a draw, quarterback draw. When you hardly have any time left, and and you have no timeouts left, that's a bad decision. That's they would have like, come out better spiking the ball before the draw. Yeah, like I, I was like, what are you? I was like, what are you thinking? Like that 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 made no sense. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm like, where in your right mind says that? But I mean, you gotta you gotta cover yourself somehow by saying stuff. If you practice that, then God bless you. Especially when you have no timeouts left, because I know what my 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 high school football coach would have been in my butt if I did some stupid stuff like that. Just to keep it PG thirteen on here, um, but he would have run us a new one. Like it, it's it's incredible when you see it out here. Like 
it makes me think I can really be an NFL head coach and, and do a better job than Mike McCarthy, honestly, with the way he coaches. I, I it, it's it's just a, like I said, a lack of preparation, lack of discipline, uh, and that's what it boils down to, and that's the reason why they lost that game. But I knew they were going to lose anyway. The, just from look, watching that game last week with San Francisco playing against the Rams and how they came back and won, I was just like, wow, this team is clicking right now in all cylinders. Their their defense is playing at an elite level, which they were expected to last year, but then Bosa got hurt. Um, and it's just more so now about what is the quarterback play going to be. But that defense was good enough at least to beat the Dallas Cowboys, I knew. So uh, it, Jimmy G played how he was supposed to play, played good. I know he, I know at the end it got a little bit close, a little bit crazy, but sometimes you need that. Um, and, but at the end of the day, Mike McCarthy showed his true colors and – and the reason why he wasn't coaching the year, what, two years ago uh, when he said he took the year off and was watching every game, but he lied about that, which he admitted to in the interview, in, a, in his press conference hiring interview. So it, it, it is what it is. The Cowboys, they're going to stick with him, from what I've heard, but I think they should get off him. Um, but good luck with them. Good luck to them. The Niners are clicking with subpar quarterback play. Like, Man, imagine if he didn't do some dumb stuff every year. Every game, there's one or two throws that changes the game. And for San Fran's still getting away with it. But, hey, credit to Shanahan. Brilliant schemer. Gets his playmakers to the ball. Elijah Mitchell gets 25-plus carries. Debo gets a handful of targets and 10 carries. You know, we're talking 15 opportunities for Debo. And they're doing this while Kittle's getting uh, preferential coverage there. So, Brandon Ayuk stepping back up to the plate. They're finding ways uh, to scheme open their players. You saw the game that om- the, the play that almost iced it. Who in their right mind calls that play for Debo Samuel on the end around ish type play? Amazing! What, what what a ballsy play call! And uh, those are the kind of things. Two, tale of two tapes here. Coaches on complete opposite ends of the spectrum, in my opinion. Kyle Shanahan, absolutely brilliant. Rarely makes a negative EV decision in DFS lingo here. And Mike McCarthy is full of them. Dallas, great team on paper. All this talk about how good that offensive line is. If you look at our gridiron IQ tool, they're a zone run team. They were the the least successful zone run team out of the 12 teams that played this weekend. So they're not even doing the things well that they're supposed to do well. Where does it start? Where does it end? I don't know. Coaching is definitely involved in it somehow. Gentlemen, we talked about the Eagles. We talked about Dallas. They both got there because they played inferior competition partially in the NFC East, right? They had some get right spots with the Giants twice and the football team twice. And hey, that this football team could do a 180. I feel for the football team. You don't even get Ryan Fitzpatrick. People forget about that. Could have been a totally different culture, taking nothing away from Heineke, who had a couple of good weeks, but he's not it. And you lose Chase Young, your identity defensively, on top of a bunch of other injuries. You know, some drama in the organization as well. Antonio Gibson dealt with a lot too. I think the football, I think this division is still up for grabs. And I think it, like what we saw, the deficiencies and flaws we saw from a coaching and personnel and decision-making uh, and execution for everything uh, just shows that, I don't know, Dallas got outplayed, outcoached out-executed, uh, and the Eagles, I, I, I don't think, belonged in the same football field either. And I, I'm trying to be polite here. It just, it was ugly. It, it just, it was what it was. 
But I think with a couple different pieces and a little, you know, some changes in the locker room, I think this division is still up for grabs. And once you get in, you can make some noise. And I'll stop bashing the NFC East. I really will. But brutal loss for Dallas. It's been a while. It's been a while, Dallas. Feel free, guys. Um, Let's make some predictions. Let's talk about this coming week for a bit, fellas. We we have an exciting divisional round. We talked about some of these AFC matchups. Um, and the NFC, listen, we're recording this thing late and the Rams are running away with this game against the Cardinals. It's essentially over. So we know the table's set. Chief, the table's set. AFC or NFC, where do you want to dive into first? I'll follow your lead here. Uh, let's, let's go NFC. Let, let, let's, keep, let's keep it in the NFC because I want to talk about 49ers Packers. Uh. What if I told you I think the 49ers can get the Packers too? I wouldn't be surprised. What has Listen, to be done? What has to be done? I, I, I've got this. Well, let me say this. I do think the 49ers, their defense is going to have to be intact. Like if, if, if Fred's not playing and he did, I think he just had an ankle injury because I did see him on the sideline. Like he wasn't like completely like, you know, he didn't have to get on the car to ride in the back. Like, he was still in the field and hopping around at the end of the game excited. I, I think the 49ers can get the Packers. Now, will they? I don't know. But but here's why. Any team that's got a balanced offensive attack and, and a somewhat steady defense can get it done. Uh, Bosa did come out of the game with the head injury. And Fred got hurt. And those are two big pieces, right? So we need to see if those guys are going to be be there on Sunday. We'll see. But the Swiss Army Knife, especially Debo Samuel, he's clicking right now, man. He's clicking. I mean, he's arguably their their best offensive player. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, he, he not arguably. I think he is their best offensive player right now. Um, he's clicking on all cylinders, and so finding ways to get their best playmaker the ball out of the backfield in the in the zone read game and the screen game in the open field Brandon Ayuk being able to have some splash plays and guess what this past game they didn't even really use George Kittle they barely used George Kittle and they still beat the Cowboys and he's he's probably their second best offensive weapon Elijah Mitchell they just they've got so many ways to beat you they're they're built for balance and that's why it's so hard to stop them on offense um and even though even though you know the play action is coming you still have to stop it you know it's coming at some point but you might not know when they might go first and 10 run for 10 plays but then on their 11th play it's human nature that linebacker is going to creep up and George Kittle or Ayuk or somebody's going to be streaking right behind them. And then guess what? Maybe they go black back to back play action. They say, oh, no, they won't go. You know, they're keeping teams off balance with their balance. And you're making a case for a future argument of mine, which we'll get to in about 10 minutes. But And, and, and that's why once again this week, I'm actually kind of afraid for the Packers. The, the Packers are a better coach team than the Cowboys. Like that's the difference. Right. And, and, that, that's the difference here, and they're going to be out in the elements. But the 49ers are built to win. They're not, a, they're not some fly-by-night football team. And so 
I think if I had to pick an upset for the week, it would be the Packers. Because in my opinion, there is no upset. Hear me out. There is no upset in the Bills-Chiefs game. Whoever wins is probably going to the Super Bowl. Listen, I'm not knocking down your Tennessee Titans, my man. But these these two offenses on a totally different playing field because you guys have too many injuries. Like, if Julio was Julio from five years ago and you had A.J. Brown and Derek Hitt, like, we'd be in a totally different discussion. But these two offenses, they're humming. They're humming. So, to me, there is no upset in the Chiefs-Bills game. Whoever wins just wins. But if the 49ers beat the Packers, that trust me, that's an upset. It's an upset. Dre, I mean, what do you got to do when you go into the frozen tundra? You got to run the ball, and you have Mitchell who can handle volume. You have Trent Williams in front of him with Alex Mack under center. Does it give him the? Does it give him a shot? Does Chief have a, an argument here? Yeah, it does give him a real shot. I, I, I was, I've been thinking about this so far because I got to start. I like to try to get in early with the with the sports books and make my bets my little my little well money line parlays for the week on 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 the NFL but it's a close one and I think this game really could go either way. Um I think they played each other actually in the playoffs last year if I'm correct and and Green Bay won that game. So it's gonna be an interesting match. These two coaches know each other really well. It's pretty much almost like the same team that they have um, going against each other before. Um it's just it's just more so it's going to come down to the play of Jimmy G, I think. I think Jimmy G is going to determine what the outcome of this game is going to be. If He does, he does have a slightly sprained shoulder, by the way. That, that's the report that's out right now. So I wouldn't be surprised if they use both quarterbacks next week just to get some – just to get some, some little trickery in there and to keep the defense off balance. Um, but – if he if, if Jimmy plays well, they have a chance to win the game. Um, my biggest upset is coming in the AFC though, so uh, I I got we we'll get sad in a little bit, but I I really I do honestly at, at the end of the day expect probably the Packers to pull it off and win. Um, I think it'll be a really close game, probably by like a field goal. Um, but is I wouldn't be surprised at this point if. Green Bay loss. I would, I really wouldn't because that defense, like you said, for the 49ers is just playing in, at an elite level right now, too. It's just hard to win in Green Bay. That's the only problem. Yeah. And you know, you make a case, you say, well, the Niners secondary is in shambles, but they just kept CeeDee Lamb in check. And, you know, Mark Cooper didn't go nuts. And, and, and Dak was mediocre at best. But that football team, is on a different wavelength than the Green Bay Packers. The Packers have continuity, and I worry about Josh Norman, and I worry about Mosley on the outside against Devontae Adams. I, I just I, – I think I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be a really good game. I think the Packers win by six or seven. I, I just think you – know, you're going to give me the Jimmy Garoppolo we know at – I guaranteed less than a hundred percent. I, I don't know if I could take those. Eventually the ball's going to have to go up eventually. And I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be just a, a little bit too much. Get that bye week with Rogers foot thing, whatever, you know, whatever had going on, but I think it's live. I think, I think we're going to see four really good games this weekend. So let's stay in the NFC and, and talk about 
we're going to see the Rams in Tampa Bay. That, I mean, hey, another great game. What, uh, what about yeah, I mean, this? One? I'm, I'm not counting the uh, Cardinals out just yet. It's 10 minutes left in the fourth. Uh, they, they get a stop, they get a score. It's, uh, let's see. I mean, if they went for one, it would be 1831. If they went for two, it's 1931. Ah, we'll see. Um, score quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, listen, I, I don't think they're going to win this game for what it's worth. Like, I, I picked the Rams anyway. Like, I, I didn't think the Cardinals were, were going to win. Um, I, I don't think Matt Stafford could have asked for a better scenario. He gets his first week at home, right? And then he gets to go play in some warm weather in Tampa Bay. I mean, he, he can't ask for, for, for a better scenario. He's going down to Tampa, which is going to be about as close to his, his California weather as he's going to get at this point in the season. So I, I think the Rams are a better football team right now. I think they're a little bit more healthy. Um, we've got to see if this offensive line is going to hold up for uh, for the Bucks. They did have some offensive line uh, minor nicks and bruise injuries, you know, in, in that last game. So we got to see if it's going to hold up. Uh, but outside of that, um, I, I I do like the Rams more than I like the Bucks right now. I think the Rams have a much better defense overall in terms of talent across the board. Pass rush. Run defense. I, I I just think they're a little bit better in, in in every aspect of the game currently. Yeah, and you look at these games. I don't know what that line is going to open up at, but it's not going to be much. You know, Green Bay is the biggest favorite at five and a half. Tennessee's three and a half, and the Chiefs are favored by two and a half. So it's like, are there really any actual upsets on the horizon? I think they're all about as good of games as we could ask for. I think the question is, is Leonard Fournette going to be available? Because that's a game changer. You know, you can get away with – Drew Bernard played great. He was the modern version of James White you know, uh, and Deion Lewis or whoever you want to call Tom yeah. Brady's check. I mean, <laughs> you know, he won some GPPs. It was fine. But that's not who Tampa Bay wants to be. They need that power run game. If they get – you can run on the Rams. They've shown a little bit of vulnerability from time to time. I think Fournette's key here. Uh and I'm, I know he's not really going to move lines, but, uh, you know, then you honor the play-action game a little bit more, you know? I feel like the Rams' defense is very, if we're using DFS lingo, stars and scrubsy, because they have a couple of really, really big household names there. You got Vaughn, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. Arguably top, you know, top of the line at their positions. But they really have to pull weight uh, of some of these other linebackers that are, you know, mediocre at best, some of this other personnel I don't know how to pick a winner in, in this game that we're talking about, man. I, I I guess I guess I'm going Tampa Bay by a nose, but I really like the way the Rams put the hammer down tonight. I think that solidifies that the Cardinals were really trending in the wrong direction, and they're not magically going to flip the switch. And I don't know. They have we, some injuries too, though. Like I, I, you I know. get it, but at this point, everyone has. Are we worried about Cliff Kingsbury's job at this point? I mean, what a disaster! No. Again, no. another meltdown. Another I'm meltdown? Not, I'm not worried about because here's why I say that. I think I think we pull the trigger too quick on certain coaches, right? Like the Carters weren't winning at all before he got there after Bruce Arians. They they weren't winning, and now he's created a culture. 
at least give him a shot to take his best players into the playoffs. Like New New Hopkins not being there, this offense is just taking a nosedive, right? And, and and here's why. It's it's for the same reason I say the Patriots need a number one. Like when you don't have to account for somebody on the outside that's a legitimate threat, defense, defenses can just tee off on you. Like they, they just pin their ears back and go after the quarterback. They're not afraid of Christian Kirk without Nuke Hopkins, but I guarantee you they're afraid of Christian Kirk with Nuke Hopkins because it opens the field up for him. So I'll, you know, I'll uh, – I think Cliff Kingsbury deserves one more year and let's see if he can carry this team into the playoffs at full strength. Right. I I think he deserves one more, at least. The seat's going to be warm next year though. Uh, Dre, how do you pick a winner in this potential Rams bucks and, and why? Here's how I put it. These are two elite teams offensively and defensively. Uh, Defensively, the Patriots, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay Bucks are right now getting their groove back. Like, they're getting players back on defense that have been out all year or out for most of the year that were hurt. So, I think right now, just like last year, they're starting to click. Rams, same thing. They're, they're starting to click. And what's scary with the Rams is they got elite talent, like Von Miller. Like, and, and you can't, and then you got, um, Aaron Donald on a lot. You you got you, Aaron Donald. You got to you have to have two guys blocking automatically. Two guys have to pay attention to him, so that gives Von Miller the freedom to run around. And he in tonight, they, he looked a little bit like the MVP Von Miller. Yeah. Super Bowl. So and if, and if he's playing at that elite level, there honestly, the Bucks won't have a chance to win because they're gonna just get to the quarterback whenever they want. And with Jalen Ramsey, we didn't even get to the secondary when they got Jalen Ramsey. Like, and and they they don't have elite weapons no more besides Mike Mike Evans and Gronk. But if I'm the if I'm the or the Rams, I'm taking away Gronk. I'm gonna force you to try to beat me with your other receivers. So it's it's gonna be interesting. I honestly, I think I I'm gonna go with the Rams to win. But if Tom Brady has that ball with two minutes left. Game one line, it's hard not to go with him. That's the, that's the only thing that I'm worried about. So I'm gonna go with the Rams, and that's a fi- that's a real final pick. It's gonna be hard though. Uh, I'll probably hedge my bet and probably place a bet on the other side too. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think that, like I said, with two minutes in left, and, and Tom Brady has that ball in his hands, and no one has done it better than him, and then. Then, then the Bucks will win. Listen, I, I, I would love to see the role reverse too because Matt Stafford's been waiting for this for a long time. His two-minute drive to take down Brady. What, what a game that would be for his legacy. That would be cool. That's going to be a great game. Um, yeah, you want to go in the to the AFC or do you got anything else here, Chief? Lead us in there. Let's get to it. Um, I mean. You know, I, I, I actually – I think I'm more excited to see this Bengals game than, than anything else. Uh, I, I really want to see how this young team comes out uh, to play. Um, I, I, we're going to get that game at 4.30 at the Titans. Like, I, I, I think this is a good game, um, and, and I'm excited to see it. I, 
I don't, I don't have a good read on it yet because I, I do want to see what's going to happen with Derrick Henry, right? Like, is he for sure going to be back or, you know, or, or is it going to be the Dante Foreman show again? I just want to see what happens. But, you know, I, I think I think the Titans – I'm going to give the Titans this win based on experience. I, I do value playoff experience. And I, I think the Titans get this one based off experience. Um, the problem is I don't think the Titans want to be in a shootout here. If it, if it becomes a shootout, I'm going to be real afraid for the Titans. How, how do you feel about I, I'm telling you, I, I just I don't think this needs to be a shootout. If, if, if Joe Burrow on this team gets rolling through the air and the Titans have got to come from behind, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be real afraid for them on Saturday. Uh, you know, those, it's a nasty offense. So many weapons with Cincinnati. I, I think it's kind of a dead narrative though. The Titans, you know, with Derrick Henry, you can't come from behind. And that's, that's a big, that's a big question mark, right? Like, what are we going to get out of him? He looked good in practice. I, I think, I think he plays, I think he gets 15 to 20 carries. I really do. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of variables in here. Did you know that Henry, Julio Jones and AJ Brown, collectively played a total of 10% of the snaps together this season. Yeah, so, I get it. Yeah, I know. So maybe there's not a ton of continuity, but you talk about shade and coverages. Maybe we'll finally get a glimpse for 60 minutes of, of pick your poison. So I think you're going to see a lot of preferential coverage. You know, Trey Hendrickson's a beast. He had a concussion. He might not play. The Bengals are missing Mike Daniels on the defensive line. And, uh, and Ogan Joby's out too, you know, foot injury. So, Man, it's really going to be a battle of, 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 of who, who are these teams. And that's what the Titans do. It's hard to get a read on them, right? They lose to the Jets. They lose to the Texans. They beat the Colts twice. They beat the Chiefs. Hey. They beat the Bills. I, I, it's, you know, Listen. It's, they're a tough one. I will tell you this. My last, and I, this is going to be a great game. My last note is we talk about coaching. And Mike Vrabel is 8-0 with extended rest. So, Here's a guy from the Patriot tree. Zach Taylor's great, but man, and I never picked the Titans. I'm not biased, but I think I'm giving them the slight <laughs> edge here. I'm not biased. I'm not Coming biased. from a Titans fan. How many Titans fans do you know? It's probably one. <laughs> it's probably no, no, me. We, half our company's Titans fans, I think. The company's in Nashville, Lutz. Dude, the Titans <laughs> haven't had support from their own city in a very oh, long time. Yes. But, I don't know uh, why. They listen, man, it's scary hours with Joey Bengals coming into town. Jamar Chase is a problem. Uh, Dre, this is your upset pick. Yes. Yes, it is. You already know. You Matt are- Gay coming through in the clutch. <laughs> listen, I love field goals, man. <laughs> Probably more than anybody. These field goal props are money makers. I'm telling y'all. All right, I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> it, it, you know, it, this happens every week. Something happens while we're on this pod that I need to come through so here's what I need now. I need Kyler Murray to drive this ball down the field. I need them to score a touchdown, and I need Zach Ertz to pick up these these yards. If I get that, all all my bad beats for the day are washed away. It's a good day. All right, sorry. Go ahead, Dre. <laughs> but but now, nah, uh, Justin already touched on it. This is my upset of the week. I'm not a, it, it, I'm loud and clear. Cincinnati is taking this game. They are going to shock the world. I, that that secondary 
for Tennessee is not nothing to fear. Like there's not, I, I, there's no one I think on that on that secondary that can guard Jamar. First of all, Jamar Chase is he's 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 the best receiver on the team, but T Higgins I think who is I think the second best receiver on the team who I think is still an elite receiver too. I don't think anyone to guard him too. So it, I think I think you're gonna have trouble have a problem. Yeah, getting Derrick Henry back and y'all you gonna have to. Granted, you're gonna have to expect him to hopefully carry a full workload with and his first game back, which I don't think he's gonna be able to do, like you said, 15 to 20 carries you you, you think he's gonna get. That's that's not enough. Not enough in this game. Cause you wanna play keep away from from Joe Burrow and that offense. Cause like you said, the last since you said it, the last thing you want to do is get into a shootout. You can't rely on Julio Jones with his hamstrings. Man, don't stretch. He, I, I like I, I like this is something this is coming from um I I have someone who I know I don't know how true this is but someone that I know who trained who 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 knows who who's a friend he played D one football he knows someone who trained um and, and trained on um, Julio Jones and he said this man never really stretched so that's probably why his hamstring has problems now I don't know how true that is but. If that is true to any truth to it, then he's gonna be having problems for for a while. But I definitely, definitely like this upset here. I think the Bengals have enough on defense to get the job done. I um, think they'll just worry about stacking the box, shutting down, um, shutting down um, um, Henry when he's in the game, um, and still just put one on one coverage with AJ Brown and Julio Jones because he's like because Julio's up in age now and AJ Brown is. Um, an elite receiver, but I don't, I just don't fear him yet like that. So I, I like, I like Joe Burrow to come out here and strike the world and pull this upset here. And the Bengals go to the AFC championship game where they will probably play the Kansas City Chiefs. And that will be an amazing showdown. I think we got an amazing showdown with the Chiefs and the Bills as it is. That could be the Super Bowl. and I'd be fine with it. I'd watch it 10 times. That's fine with me. I, I mean, Wow, how do you how do you, so you're leaning Chiefs for that one? Dive into that one. Uh, Bills traveling to Arrowhead. We touched about it. We touched a little bit on on the Bills and Devin Singletary and his success and the changes Pat Mahomes has made. So here we go, man. The gloves are off, baby. Let's get to it. Yeah, I, it's it's more so it's coming down to coming down to like I said at the beginning of the show. Patrick Mahomes has found ways to win throughout the whole season. So I, and it's, and it, and it didn't pay off back then because some some of them were losses, some of them were wins. But it's going to pay off now here in the playoffs in big spots like this. Um, and like I said before, uh, Kansas City is clicking on all cylinders on the defensive end, so it just makes it tough for me to try to try to go with um, a team like the Cincinnati. I mean, go with a team like Buffalo, who 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 is up and down a little bit, like. Granted, we have we have him targeting Diggs a lot. Knox is a great tight end. Single trades are running running the ball really really well. Give them credit for that. Um, Beasley, I think they in order for them to win this game, I think they're going to need to get more targets to Beasley to open up the middle of the field or or Gabriel, whoever's in the middle of the field, keep that middle of the field occupied and keep feeding them targets to keep them corners occupied and and then um, get the shot at Diggs down downfield. Um, in order for Buffalo to win, but I just don't see that happening. I just see, I, I just really do just see um, Mahomes and them finding a way to win. Like, 
and and I hopefully get Clyde if, if they get Clyde Edwards to layer back, I think that's even a bigger difference maker. But McKinnon looked really good. Uh, that that might be the sleeper, honestly, the sleeper of like the whole playoffs because I didn't expect him to do what he did. We all thought Daryl Williams was gonna get the workload, and it was McKinnon, and he looked like like when he was playing for the um for the Minnesota Vikings. So so I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that how that dynamic continues to unfold um, in the upcoming week. Um, and I, I think that that adds another element to their offense. Because I think even if if, if um, Edward Soler comes back, I think they, they'll probably still have packages from McKinnon with him out there to make the defense guess a little bit more, catch them off guard with things that they didn't run um, probably in the regular season. So I look forward to that. And I, I think this is going to be a great game overall, close one too. But I think that, uh, the I think that um, Mahomes and them find a way to squeak it out at the end. Chief, what's your take on this one? I really don't have a good read on this one right now, man. I'm, I'm, I'm I've tried to think through scenarios of how I think it all comes down to it. To me, it's one of those where whoever has the ball at the end is probably going to win. I think this is a tight game. If I had to side right now, I think I'd go with the Chiefs at home. Um, but I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo pulled this off. Like it, you, like I said, this is one of those ones where whoever wins, I'm not surprised. Whoever wins, I'm, it's like, okay, well, yeah. You know, these are probably two of the best teams in the AFC. And they just happen to – the seeding just happened to pit them against each other really early in the playoffs, you know. Yeah, I, I'm. Yeah, I guess it's not really. We're like right in the middle of the playoffs. I guess I, this is a tough one, man. It's tough to get a read on. My my brain wants to go Kansas City at home, Arrowhead. Uh, my gut wants to take the Bills, and 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 just with this Devin Singletary feature back, you know he's doing more than they had throughout the first half of the season out of the run game. The fact that they can have a leading rusher in the game that's not Josh Allen might actually benefit them. You know, I just – who's going to make one more mistake? And I, I think my safer bet's with Josh Allen, but it's really close. I, hmm. I, if You know what I think a big missing link is? No Trey White for Buffalo. I mean, that changes things. Like, you can stick him on an island with Tyreek once in a while if you wanted to. If you're, tell, if you're sticking a gun to my head – Taking the bills, don't feel good about it. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I can't be – I'm not super confident in this one. I think that makes for a great game. But uh, I'm just looking forward to it, man. I mean, two great quarterbacks. These guys will go down as two of the greatest quarterbacks the three of us will ever – you know, 15 years down the road. I mean, we're going to talk about, knock on wood, you know, two legends, you know. They, they have everything that everybody wants. We're really lucky. We say goodbye to Drew Brees. We say goodbye to Peyton Manning. We'll never say goodbye to Tom Brady, apparently, because he just keeps coming back. Uh, you know, insert Mahomes, insert Josh Allen, insert Joe Burrow, right? Like, we're spoiled. Well, well guess what, though? Not, not to get ahead the next season. Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun Watson is still sitting at home. Oh yeah, that's we. Yeah, we he, he's literally still sitting at home. Like the league is in good hands at the quarterback position. It, it really is. Imagine if Deshaun Watson went to Pittsburgh right now. 
they'd be a playoff contender instantaneously. It's such a what have you done for me lately society. Most of the public probably forgot about the guy, right? I mean, he could go anywhere and make, he can make 90% of this league a contender wherever he goes. If if I'm the Panthers, I'm calling him. Here today. we go. <laughs> Here if we I'm go. the Panthers, I'm on the phone. Did you do it? No. Okay. We'll figure out the particulars. <laughs> you just we, we just need to get you down here and and guess what? And here's what I do from the Carolina Panthers. The minute Deshaun Watson says he's coming, I pick up the phone, I call Matt Rule, and I get out of that contract. I'm not gonna let Matt Rule screw up my chances at winning. No, no, no. He's out the door. Get him out. All right, I'm done. Sorry. Now, that's me being a fan, by the way. I am being a fan. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of an offseason. <laughs> uh, man, anything else you guys want to get off your chest? I guess I'll, I will say goodbye for this week with this, with two more open-ended questions. Who's your MVP? Who's your coach of the year? And who's your comeback player of the year? Those are three good ones, right? I think maybe we were kicking the tires on this pre-podcast here. That's a that's a tough one. Um, who who wants to go first here? Lead lead off, Chief. I heard that big deep sigh where you're talk, thinking Superman, Batman. Here comes Spider Man into the conversation. But who's it going to be? Uh, honestly, I I I think the coach of the year needs to be the guy from the Bengals. I do. Um, what what is his name again? I was about to call him Matt Gay, but Matt Gay's in my head because he's kicking field goals. Zach Taylor. Um, Zach Taylor. I, I think he needs to be the coach of the year. And, and here's why I say it. When when the Bengals got rid of Marvin Marvin Lewis, they went down a really bad path of just losing, right? Uh, you know, the Andy Dalton era was over. The AJ Green Dalton, uh, AJ Green era was pretty much over because he was getting hurt every play and. So now Zach Taylor comes in, gets Joe Burrow the first year. They look awful, but come back the second year and they look a lot better, win the division a lot better. And so I, I, I think he's earned it. It doesn't matter how much deeper they go into playoffs, I think he's earned it. We could, we could always look at Bruce Arians. We could look at um, uh, um, Jesus. What's the guy's name? Um, sorry. Anyway, uh, Matt Lafleur. Matt Lafleur. We can look at Matt Lafleur. Like you know, I'm saying we can look at those coaches. But I, I, I think Zach Taylor's earned it. Um, if if you ask me about you know the the comeback player of the year, um, I feel like you know maybe we would have thought about Dak if they would have they would have kind of closed this thing out the right way. Um, I, I, I wish J.J. Watt would have made it through a whole season. He could have been comeback player of the year. Yeah. Uh, I, I I almost feel like I want, I want to go with Nick Bosa because he had a really gruesome injury last year. He came back and played, played fairly well. Um, and I like A.J. Green, too. Like, he just – it's it's a lot on my list on that one. AJ's had a really good season overall. To say he was he's been down and out in uh in in, in Cincinnati, but I, I 
But I, I think you got to go Dak, even though he had a rough end to the season. Like, he had a season-ending ankle injury, came back, still put up the numbers. Team one just couldn't get it, get there. I, I think we go Dak. And then in terms of uh, league MVP, listen, I, I think you got to go Tom Brady. Like, I'm not going to give him the Michael Jordan treatment. I'm not going to give him the LeBron treatment. I'm not going to – you know, like, the guy's earned it. He, he, he was the best player on his team all year. No need to try to rob him of that just because he keeps winning. He, he earns it every year. He's, he, it doesn't get handed to him. I, I think we go Brady. All right, Dre. You had some time to, to mull it over there. What do you got for us? Close to the year. Um, just because I'm impressed with them holding on to the number one seed with all the adversity they went through this year, I gotta give it to your Tennessee Titans coach Mike Vrabel. I think I think that that's an impressive feat. Losing Derrick Henry, um, not playing without your second star receiver in Julio Jones, and then I have AJ Brown and still finding ways to win games and remain the number one seed is very 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 impressive to me. So I gotta go there um, for coach of the year. Um, for comeback player of the year, I'm going to go with my guy, Joe Burrow. Um, I think he suffered the same thing like you said with Dak, he, but he, he suffered a season-ending injury um, and came back and led this team to win the division. That's something that probably wasn't even expected of them to even do. Um, and he now – he already has won more playoff games than Andy Dalton and Carson Palmer um, with, in the Cincinnati Bengals uniform. And they, and and just that alone is an impressive feat too. So to me, he's my comeback player of the year. Um, even though I work to go to a lot of other players, but I just think he deserves it for for what he did this season and how he got the Bengals to where they are today. Um, and then for the MVP, I'm gonna have to go with Tom Brady as well. Um, like you said, you can't knock the man for winning. He just keeps winning. I know we always knock LeBron for like you know always put up these numbers and being in the NBA finals constantly. Um, LeBron's one of the greatest players to play of all time. He's not the GOAT, in my opinion. Jordan will always be the GOAT, but um, why are we doing that just because they keep winning? Like, he 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 puts the team in the best position to win constantly with whatever he's getting, whatever the adversity is, no matter what's happening. You saw they lost Godwin. Then the situation went with AB, then they lost um, Leonard Fournette, and, and they still find a way to get it done. Next man up. It, that, I guess that Patriot mentality does not go away. You just got to keep going with the rolling with it, roll with the punches. So to me, you have to give them the MVP um, and, and just go with it from there. Well, I, I think the the jury might still be out, and I want to say Rabel's coach of the year, but I will say if Tennessee loses, if the Niners pull the upset and the Bengals win, I think it's going to be a really close race with Zach Taylor. And if San Fran goes into Green Bay and pulls off that upset, you got to start talking Kyle Shanahan again too. I, I do think, though, if Tennessee gets to the AFC Championship, I think, I think it's Rabel. They almost used 100 bodies on the field this season. It's not only Henry, it's been A.J. Brown, it's Julio. The defense was shredded for most of the year, too. So uh, I think it's Rabel. I'm with the Tom Brady for MVP talk. I think we're all in agreement there. Uh, I was going to be different and go Aaron Rodgers, potentially, but I, I can't. I, I'm sold on, on, on it's Tom Brady being the correct answer. And you can get you 
could have gotten Brady some really good plus money on some books the last month, by the way. And uh, lastly, comeback player of the year is Joe Burrow, regardless of whatever happens to Cincy. Uh, I, I think it's Joe Burrow. Obviously, you can make a case for Dak, but with the way that with his performance against San Fran, I I think the edge goes to Burrow there. That's it. I, re- I, I retract my statement. This, this is a tilt statement retraction, okay? But I do really mean it. End of the game. Not only does Arizona not use the timeout to save more time after they stop them on third down, the last play of the game is a run by Eno Benjamin. And they just let the time run out. Okay, let's 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 go with my tilt statement retraction. Cliff Kingsbury has to go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What you a way do, to you wrap do it not up. you do not let your team in a playoff game in on a run. You at least you know what I'm saying. You at least let your quarterback have some pride at the end of this game and push it down. Two minute drill. Let's get in the end zone for pride's sake. You do not hand the ball off to your running back and say, all right, that's it. Okay, Cliff Kingsbury's got to go. Send, send Brian, Brian Flores to Arizona. Heck, send David Culley to Arizona. I don't think David Culley should have been fired. I don't care what happened down there. David Culley had a good year coaching that football team. And for him to only get one year with a botched-up roster and all the turmoil they had going on there, he had that team playing hard. I mean, was able to switch over to Davis Mills, who played quarterback for him. I, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, so much panic. I don't know why David Cully got fired. It was awful. He, he should not have been fired after that turmoil of a season, everything he had to navigate. But microwave society, I don't know how they're going to win games when it is what it is. But Cliff Kingsbury's got to go. I, you, you, no coach lets their team just lay down and die, even when the score is that big. Not at least, especially not in football, right? Like, end of the game, the defense is going to be playing soft coverage anyway. Let your quarterback get some mojo going and, and go out with a bang. Cliff Kingsbury, done. Done, done, done. He's out of here. The seat is hot. I'm telling you, the seat's hot. We might not see the change in the offseason, but I'll say this. I, I I watched the Arizona Cardinals all or nothing series on, on Prime when Bruce Arians was there. I don't think that owner's gonna stand for this. Just and the general manager, just letting the guy no, 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 no. We 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 don't we don't lay down and die in football. I mean, like if it's two seconds left, especially when you've got the ball, right? You're trying to score a touchdown. All right, I'm done. <laughs> Listen, guys, we got to get out of here. Hell of a podcast. Covered a lot of ground. This is uh, this is why we do what we do. We love this time of the year. Always a great conversation. Dre, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, catch me on my new Twitter handle now, Drizzy26 underscore DFS. Um, be out there. Um, any help with any coaching or anything like that, inbox me. I'm here to help any way I possibly can. Have any questions? DM me. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm always around all the time. I'll have my phone on me. This week, I'm going to be taking off and playing little DFS, and I'll be in these prop bet streets with Chief and also in uh, the sports books, which, which is another bone to pick. FanDuel, all these other sports books. I need to get these futures out there for, for the NFL. Yeah, I didn't have them for when it got, went live in New York. I'm really upset because I had to go all the way to Jersey to do that. But make sure, make sure next year they're there. 
because I would love to take advantage of putting those MVP picks in and comeback player of the year picks in. So I could have got a lot of money off of it. Well, good stuff. And congrats on finally being able to bet on most things from your couch because uh, we're spoiled having that luxury, man. So uh, good stuff. Appreciate you as always. Chief, anything else before we get out of here, buddy? Cliff Kingsbury has to go. That, that's the title of this pod. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been a pleasure. I think we'll be back next week. So uh, for Chief from Chief Prop Shop, Will Priester, and Dre coming on, and for you, Cliff Kingsbury, we'll see you later. I'm the Looch. Have a good one, everybody.